We'll be reading from the book of 1 Samuel this morning. We're in chapter 17, and I'll be reading from verse 19 to verse 54. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the man who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servants will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a limb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. 
your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel." And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. 
And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron, so that the wounded Philistines fell on the way from Shearim as far as Gath and Ekron. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Pillar family. My name is Ben, and I am one of your elders here, and I am so excited to kick off the, the sermon series that we're going to have on uh, David this summer. Uh, but before I do, Heather, I know I said it in the first service, and saying the same thing twice seems weird, right? To me and you, probably. Um, but I do want to just affirm that I am so blessed that you are the person reading scripture today uh, for the sermon that I get to preach uh, hearing your voice, your emphasis, the way you make questions sound like questions. Everyone should practice and try to make that the same way they read scripture and rehearse it themselves. So Heather, I just want to say how much I appreciate you, and I've appreciated everything you've done since we've been coming here for the last three years. So thank you for that, Heather. Um, children, there's a lot of children in the room today. I know that elementary is closed, and so I'm really excited. I get to preach a story that you could probably preach much better than I can. Uh, David and Goliath, show of hands, who, who knows that story? Children only. Parents, put your hands down. All right, yeah, so you guys could probably come up here and, and do a really good job preaching about the story of David and Goliath, and so be easy when you tell me, you know, how I did at the end. Just keep that in mind. You guys are much better at this than I am. Um, and it's pretty cool. I get to tell you about David's breakout story. First Samuel 16, we really get to see David uh, the first time, and that's where uh, he gets anointed and he's going to be proclaimed the next king of Israel, but nothing really happens yet. And so First Samuel 17 is where we see David's, uh, the light really shine on him, and we get to see uh, David in a new light. But before we get into the sermon, I just want to say why David was here. Because as we'll, we'll learn later on, he's not a, a warrior. He wasn't supposed to be at this battle. Um, so I'm going to read. It's not on the screen, but it's First uh, Samuel 17, 17 through 18. And Jesse, this is David's father, said to David, his son, Take for your brothers an ephath of this parched grain and these ten loaves, and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also, take these ten cheeses to the commander of the thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. So Jesse, David's father, gives him three things to do. He says, hey, I need you to take him some grain. I need you to take some cheese to the commander. And I need you to tell us how they're doing. So family, I am so blessed to be standing up here today uh, preaching a sermon that applies directly to us today in the 21st century. John loves Blue Seal. Children, who had Blue Seal last Sunday? Raise your hand. If you didn't, you missed out, right? All right. So this is not for you. Commanders. You seem to love cheese. So next Sunday, we're going to have a table in between uh, the services. You can go out there. We're going to have 10 bricks of cheese. You can go out there and, and choose whatever you want to want. It's, it's right here. 10 bricks of cheese to the commander. So if there's any commanders in here, it's not for the children, only the commanders. I'm sorry. Whoever said what? You, if there's any leftover, I'll be like John. If there's any leftover, you can grab some of the baby bell. Everything will be fine. Um, let's pray before we jump into it. Father God, we give you thanks for this day, Lord. We ask for you to be with us here in this room. Ah. Holy Spirit, guide our hearts and our minds. Allow us to, to hear your word, breathe in your word, to know that you are good and to have faith in you, Lord. Ah, Father, just clear our minds of anything that might distract us from getting to know you more today. 
Uh, Lord, it's not that we need to empty our, our hurts and our pains and everything before we come in here. That's, that's not what you want for us, Lord. I just ask for you to help us work through those hurts and those pains, not to, not to set that aside, but to bring it to you. Uh, so, Father, we, we praise you and we worship you. And we, we, we ask that this, this message today and our time together just honors you and brings glory to your name. In your name, your son's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the story that Heather read for us is a story about fear and a story about faith. We get to see Israel's army filled with fear, their first king, King Saul, filled with fear, and then the story of, of David and David's faith. And it really just comes down between fear and faith. Uh, there's, there's three segments, really. David talks to the armies of Israel, David talks to King Saul, and then David fights versus Goliath. Um, and it's through those stories that we see fear and faith played out. And as I was prepping for the sermon, I, I didn't really know how do I apply it? How do I talk about it? I mean, we are sitting in a room filled with people in the military, bunch of warriors, Air Force, right? So we could apply it that way. And no, I didn't really think that would make sense. Um, so I had to think of a story that brought fear to my life, that brought the, the thought of true and sudden death to my life, like Goliath was to the armies of Israel and to King Saul. Uh, one morning, March 2019, I'm getting ready for work. My son, Benjamin, he's back there doing pro presenter. Uh, we're just at home. My wife already left with my son, Matthew. And I get a phone call from a number that I don't know. Uh, it's, not, it's not anyone's that I know. And so I usually don't pick those up because uh, who wants to talk to people you don't know at 6.30 in the morning? And, and I pick this up and it's my wife. I hear my wife's voice. She says, babe, been in a car accident. Matthew's okay. I'm okay. The car is a little damaged. I'm so sorry. I don't know where I am. And then I hear a voice in the background, you're right off uh, Garner's Ferry Road, right by the pond. And right away I knew where she was. She was 30 seconds from, from the house. Um, right at that moment, fear entered my heart my mind, my soul, and I didn't know what to expect. I yell, Ben, Ben, and he runs out from his room, and I grab his hand, and I say, drop to your knees with me, and let's pray, mom's in an accident. And so we drop there in our upstairs hallway, we get to our knees, and we start praying, and I have this glimpse of faith. That's all I'm going to tell you, because I have to tell a story through the rest of the sermon, so that's it. But now let's, let's bring it back to, to where we are from Heather's story. But before we jump into there, we need to get some background of what's going on. Saul is the first king of Israel. There wasn't any other kings before him. We know if you read 1 Samuel 16 that David will be the next king. We don't know what's that, what's that, or what is that going to look like. However, Saul's the first king. He's the first warrior king of Israel. He's supposed to be strong and bold and brave. We have Israel's army against the Philistine army. We have a Philistine champion named Goliath. No champion from Israel. No champion at all. And let me read for you 1 Samuel 17, 4 through 11. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield-bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, 
Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul, Israel's first king, heard these words, and all of Israel heard these words, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Those two words, dismayed and greatly afraid, it's not the first time you'll see it in the Bible. In fact, if you look through, it's 14 times used, those two words together, dismayed and greatly afraid. However, this is really the first time we see it in this context. Every other time it's been God speaking it to his people, saying, do not be dismayed or greatly afraid. Do not have fear because I am your Lord and I will prevail and I will be victorious. And it wasn't just this one time that Goliath came out and spoke this. When David heard this, Israel has been hearing this for 40 days. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. 40 days, this great warrior king of Israel, Saul, for 40 days, this great army of God, twice a day, has heard these words where David, where Goliath comes out and calls them to fight me, kill me if you can. And Israel cowers in fear, dismayed and greatly afraid. Family, our, our big idea for today is forgetting God's promises will leave us crippled in fear. Now, when I was prepping this, I was talking to one of my mentors and I told him my, my big idea. It was like double the length. He's like, I need to cut that in half. I was like, okay, cut it in half. And he said, there's also something wrong with your, your sentence. My sentence said, forgetting God's promises can leave us crippled in fear. He said, Ben, you need to change that word to will. I was like, dude, can you stop trying to change my sermon right now? Like this is, he's, he's, he's right. He's right. Family, when we forget God's promises, we will be crippled in fear. And we're going to see that through this story. So like any other good pastor at Pillar, we're going to have sub points. And so these are our, our sub points for today. Crippled in fear will take us through verses 22 through 30. Faith in God, not self, will take us through 31 through 40. And then freedom through faith will wrap it up through verses 41 through 50. So let's jump right into our first point. Crippled from fear. As he talked with them, behold the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. Forty days, twice a day, 80 times, these words have been spoken. Goliath has it memorized. He doesn't need to think about what he's going to say. He's going he's to scare this army. He's going to scare this great king. And it's, it's not hard for him. It's very, very easy. But this time it's a little different. David hears it. David hears it for the first time. And we're going to see David's reaction is much, much different than what the, the army of Israel's reaction is. Much different than what King, their warrior, King Saul's reaction was. 
What did the army do when David was there? They fled the same way they did the last 79 times. The army says this. The army says, look at this man and how he defies Israel. But David doesn't call him that. David in the text calls him an uncircumcised Philistine. David knows who he is. The army just calls him a man. David knows that he's an enemy of God, that he is not of God's love and God's family, and he's far from God. But ultimately, Goliath is death for Israel. Goliath is death for Israel, and David sees it because he, he now knows what's been happening since, since Goliath has been coming out for 40 days. And if we look through the text, Goliath makes the mistake of, of calling the, the Israelite army, you guys are servants of Saul. Why don't you fight me? Servants of a man placed in this kingship position. Just a warrior who fights for warriors. But that's not what the army of Israel is. That's not who they fight for. And the sad thing that we see in the text is that the army of Israel thought the same thing. We're fighting for Israel. We're fighting for Saul. Not once, not once do we hear any hope. Hey, we are warriors for God, the true and living God. We are warriors for the Most High. Not once. But that day, David, David came to the battle lines. Only David seems to remember whose army this truly is. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should try to defy the armies of Israel? No, the armies of, no, the armies of the living God. David was speaking the only words of hope during a time of certain death. Goliath was death for all of Israel. All of Israel was afraid. They were dismayed. They were crippled in fear. Now, I don't know about you, but I have lived many days or seasons or whatever you want to call it in fear. That fear usually brings about seasons of depression and for one specific time in my life brought seasons of, of suicidal thoughts, thoughts that haunted me. Now, the morning of the accident, it was sudden fear. It was instant fear. I got the phone call. My wife said, everything's okay. The car's a little damaged. Ben and I pray. We get in the truck. I know we're 30 seconds down the road. As we pull up to the scene, there's a fire truck blocking the road. I can't see what's in front of me, so I park. I say, Ben, stay here. He's bawling, bawling. I'm doing the same. It's so hard to leave him in the truck. It was dark out, it was raining, it wasn't raining anymore, but the roads were wet, and I run around that fire truck, and all I see is an ambulance. There's more things there, I don't see it. All I see is an ambulance with the doors wide open, the lights on, so bright, so bright. And I see my five-year-old son, Matthew, sitting there, staring off in my direction, and I run to him. And I go to the back of the ambulance and I hold him. He doesn't know who I am. He is in shock. 
He's afraid and greatly dismayed. He doesn't recognize that I'm his own father. And I look and I say to the EMT, where's my wife? She said she's okay. She said the car's a little damaged. He said, sir, she's, she's off the embankment. She's stuck in the car and they can't get her out. I get out of the ambulance and I look down and this is what I see. I would be right about where that police car was looking down at my wife's vehicle. Any faith that I had in that moment in the upstairs hallway holding my son's hand trying to be good Christian father, pray for your mom who just got in a car accident, fender bender, gone. I was faithless. I was fearful. And I thought death just entered the Alessi house that day. Maybe you're more like David right now. Maybe you're, you're fearless. Maybe you're faithful. Maybe you're more like the army, fearful and faithless. If you are in a season of strong faith, I ask that you seek out those that are currently in a season of weak faith. We all go through those seasons. People are sitting here in this room right now staring at me who are going through a season of a strong faith or a season of a weak faith and they can't remember the promises that God has spoken out over them, that God has written in his word for us to hold on to and to call a truth. If you're currently living in fear or struggling to hold on to the truth that God maybe won't always be a good father, you're not alone. I've been there. I've gone through those seasons. Turn to your left, your right, you're going to see people that have done the same. Seek those that have that David-like faith in this story. The faith knowing that God is who he says he is. The faith knowing that God is the only true and living God and that we can trust in him because it is faith in God that will bring us through those seasons of fear of death. And when it's hard to seek God, you're like, Ben, that's so easy to say. Christians just do this and yeah, and it's going to work. Seek those that are members of your church. Seek those brothers and sisters that have that strong faith. Allow them to be your feet, your legs. When you can't lift yourself up, that they can lift you up. When your faith, when your faith is weak, allow their faith to be your faith. Allow their life to be breathed into you. Allow yourself to remember that it is God, through his son Jesus Christ, that gives us the only true hope. Hope in salvation, yes. Hope in, in life, yes. Hope in life after death, yes. The only hope that we have is in Christ. Allow that church, allow us to be there for you. Allow that church to be able to point you back to who Jesus is when you don't want to do it on your own. Now, the conversation between David and the army, um, David's really faithful. The word's getting around camp. Saul hears of it. And Saul says, hey, send for David. Send for that person who, who speaks like this right now. Because this is probably the only hope that he's heard in the last 40 days. Not probably, it is the only hope that he's heard in the last 40 days. And it's in this conversation that we're going to see David's faith uh, pointed in a, a little bit of a stronger light. His faith is going to be revealed to us in a way um, that is beautiful, bold, and strong. Now, that brings us to our second sub-point, Faith in God, not self. And we're going to see that lived out through David and his stories of his history. 
But before I jump into this, I do want to preface something without, without ruining stuff. Men fail. Women fail. Okay? I'm going to talk about David here as if he's perfect. But I don't want to ruin the whole Bible for you. If you've read a little bit past this, you'll find out that David is not perfect. He is guilty of sin, just like you, just like me. He is guilty of being against God in scenarios just like you, just like me. He is just the same. But there is one thing that I do want you to bring out from this story and hold on to. It's David's faith. The faith that David has here is bold and strong, and it's one that I hope that I can have in my life. I fail to way too often. So David's pulled up to the tent, and this is what he says. He says to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. These are hopeful words. These words right here are everything that Saul and the the army of Israel needed to hear. And David knew that because he knows why he's there. He knows who he fights for. But Saul still doesn't know. And I wish I could say Saul had good words, you know, like, oh, David, that's really awesome. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to kick his butt. Like, this is going to go great. That's not what happens. But we can see the, the correlation between David's words and the writings from the law concerning warfare in the book of Deuteronomy. This is what Deuteronomy says. Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. It's almost what David says directly to Saul. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. David tries to give Saul this glimpse of hope, this glimpse of where their victory will come from. But Saul sees the writing on the wall. I think that if I was in Saul's position, I'd probably say the same thing. David's a small little dude. Goliath, kids, is he big or small? Kids, if you're not listening, now's the time to listen. All right, yeah, yeah. Goliath is big. Ginormous, right? David is not. He's a little dude, ruddy and handsome. But this is what Saul says to David. You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. Family, Saul doesn't know who David is. Now in 1 Samuel 16, Saul does meet David through a different means, but Saul doesn't know who David is. The armies of Israel don't know who David is. Goliath doesn't know who David is. Only David knows who David is. Well, God knows too, but David knows who David is. David's a shepherd. David defends his flock. In fact, David said in the text that when a lion or a bear came and took one of my lamb, I went after it and I struck it down and I killed it. I killed it. And now he says, I will defeat Goliath. Not because he's been bred for this or that David is this almighty shepherd and that he knows because he's defeated lions and bears and tigers, whatever it may be in the past, that he's able to defeat Goliath. He wants to strike down the Philistine because he's defied the armies of the living God. Not because he's upset Saul, not because he's upset Israel, not because he's upset himself or his brothers are in danger, but because he defies the armies of the living God. Now, as David said, hey, I I defeated lions and bears and I've struck them down, it'd be really easy for David to proclaim, it's all me, baby. 
right? I defeated that bear yesterday, I defeated that lion two weeks ago. My strength, my way, my wisdom, my honor, everything. But David does not do that. David says, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Forty days, 80 times, Goliath has come out and mocked the armies of Israel, mocked Saul. Saul has had zero words of hope. I would like to imagine this was the first time that he ever had hope, and it's because of David's faith, where Saul says, go and the Lord be with you. It was David's faith that showed Saul that Goliath was not to be feared. And it wasn't David, the army, or Saul that was going to do delivering. It was the Lord. Now, to any of you in here who are, are not believers, not yet of Jesus Christ, I want to address you. I want to speak right to you. It will never be your strength. It will never be your power, your wisdom, your might, the deeds that you do to cause victory in your life or to bring hope into your heart. The world, the world will tell you it is your power. It is your strength. Go out and seize the day it's through your own fruition, through your own might, that you will be victorious. The military will teach you to be proud of all you do, to be boastful of all you do, to put it on your wall for all to see. This is who I am. This is what I've done. And it is by my power and my might. And in order to get promoted, I'm going to let everyone know that that happened. That's not true. It's not the truth. The world lies. The military lies. Hopefully I don't get arrested or something for saying that. But um, I come to say that you're only going to feel defeat. You're not going to find victory. You're not going to find hope. Your heart will be crushed. Your soul will be empty. It's not on your power, your wisdom, your strength. It's not. Let me tell you who it is on, though. It's Jesus who says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I was in the ambulance talking, talking to Matthew. He wasn't responding. I was talking to myself, the EMT. I turned to him and I say, where's my wife? And he says, down, stuck in the car. And I didn't know what to expect because I didn't see the car when I first got to the scene. I walked right by everything because I saw my son in the back of an ambulance. So I get out of the ambulance and I turn and this is what the car actually looked like. It was a Toyota 4Runner. It's a pretty big vehicle. Um, completely smashed. Completely smashed. And I go down, I run down that, that embankment 
um, crying, barely able to breathe, uh, fearful, faithless. I, I really, truly, at that point, thought that death did enter the Alessi household and that I'm not going to see my wife again. She lied to me on the phone. <laughs> Who says sorry there's a little damage to that picture? Like... <laughs> Maybe like, I'm really sorry would have been better because I wasn't ready for that. Um, I don't think she truly knew where she was or what happened anyways. Family, the same as David knew that it wasn't his strength, his power, his ability to save Israel, to look good for King Saul. I went down to that car and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't help her. I couldn't save her. I couldn't rip the door off. All I could do is stand there, put my hand through the roof of the car that was now open and hold her hand and tell her that I love her and everything is going to be okay. I didn't truly believe that. Didn't truly think my wife was going to live past that day. Now, as David leaves Saul... He goes to pick up some rocks. But before he does that, Saul, Saul tells him, hey, I want you to put on my armor. I want you to take my sword. I want you to go and fight Goliath. Go and may the Lord be with you. David puts it on and he's like, I can't wear this stuff. I didn't train in this stuff. See, at this point in time, David's not a warrior. David's a what? A shepherd. David doesn't use a sword, doesn't use armor. He has a sling and a stick. So David says, no, I can't do it. So he goes and finds five stones. And that brings us to where David, David goes down to meet Goliath in our, our third and final point. Freedom through faith. The Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. Goliath's size, his strength, his sharp weapons, all deadly. All deadly. And for 40 days, 80 times, army of Israel knew that, dismayed and greatly afraid. For 40 days, 80 times, King Saul, warrior king, afraid and greatly dismayed. David goes down to him as a shepherd. No armor, no sword. And David said this, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And just like that, David, who never doubted God, sorry, anticlimactic, he kills Goliath right there, throws, slings a stone, Goliath is dead. David defeats Goliath, just like that. Through faith in God, God's victory God slays Goliath through David's faith. Now, family, when moments of doubt flood your mind and fear will flood your heart and your soul, death seems imminent. 
Death is imminent in those moments. Only faith in God will bring you peace. David's peace is the only faith, or David's faith is the only thing that brought peace to Israel, is the only thing that brought peace to King Saul. Now, I wish that I can say, standing up in front of you, that throughout this entire ordeal of a car accident, that my faith was David-like, that I had no fear of death in my family that day because I'm going to trust God that his will is good and he's a good father and that he loves me. Family, I was a baby. I was crying. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stand. I watched my wife get pulled out, put on a, a stretcher and taken to the ambulance. I'm, I'm driving behind the ambulance, calling her father, saying, Dad, Nicole's been in a car accident. His weeping did not help my weeping. Then I call my friend, my brother, Mike, from church. I say, Mike, this is what happened. My faith was not existent. This picture right here is one hour after Nicole was taken in an ambulance to the hospital. She's been released. X-rays done, no broken bones, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all. God brought her through that. Not my strength, not my, not my wisdom, not my power. God brought her through that. Matthew, not a scratch on him. Her SUV flipped over six to seven times. It was hit by a tractor trailer. Flipped over six to seven times. Went over the guardrail. When I was down there next to the vehicle, the fireman said, 50 yards that way, she would have been crushed by those rocks. 50 yards the other way, crushed by those rocks. Where she landed, she's so lucky. <laughs> yeah, like luck had anything to do with it. She landed in two feet of mud. Two feet of just mud. They said the softest thing you'd ever want a car to land in. Family, this picture right here shows the moment my faith was starting to be restored. Not through me but through my, my church, through my brothers and sisters. The gentleman here in the camouflage, who I can't remember his name, I try remembering after the first service, still can't remember it. Um, he, he went to the store and he got Matthew an Iron Man, I said Spider-Man in the first service, Matthew came and he corrected me, got him an Iron Man action figure and gave it to him and was praying over Nicole. An hour after we arrived at the hospital, she was released with not a scratch on her. The only thing that she had was glass stuck in her mouth from the windshield. Family, forgetting God's promises, not can, but will leave us crippled in fear. It absolutely will. Now, I wish this story said like, hey, and this points to Jesus and we're going to throw Jesus' name in the Old Testament scripture so that way you can easily talk about it. But this, this story does point to Jesus. It foreshadows a better David, a stronger David, a more faithful David, a David that is our Savior. See, Goliath was death for all of Israel. That's what Goliath equals. Goliath equals death. Sin is death for all mankind. Sin equals death. Everyone in here is guilty of sin and deserve death. Jesus came, was a better David, a more faithful David. 
and took our place on the cross for the sins that we deserve death for. He took that upon himself. He was crushed for our sins and was killed. And then the story doesn't end there, family. The story, it goes on. Three days later, he reigns supreme over death. He reigns supreme over Satan, over sin. He's brought back to life. And today, Jesus is sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father, interceding on all of our behalfs, praying for us, loving us, caring for us. Family, Jesus is the only true thing that we should have hope in. Not ourselves, not our strength, not our wisdom, not our power. Jesus. Pillar, join me in putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I give you thanks for this day. I thank you for the faith that you have showed us uh, through generations, Lord, through your word that we're able to, to see and read about and to seek to have the same faith. Uh, Father, I am guilty of being faithless more often than faithful. I ask for your forgiveness, Lord, and I, and I, I just thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ. I can't, can't say thank you enough. My words don't even begin to admit the feelings that I have inside my heart and my soul. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this story that points us to a better, stronger David. Lord, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.